Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua Anselmo, joined by my co-host, Mitchell Weatherall. And we are here to talk about the very important Leafs news that the Maple Leafs have extended or re-signed Mark Giordano, uh, you know, to a two-year deal worth 800000 Absolute steal of a contract. Mitch, what is your initial thoughts on bringing back Mark Giordano? I really loved what I saw out of him in Calgary as their number one guy, pretty much. But uh, obviously, he doesn't bring that number one guy presence to the Leafs with uh, with uh, Riley. But he's just uh, Giordano is a great back end guy, uh, just like that great back end guy to have on the team. He brings that veteran experience. Uh, he's he's kind of physical, and uh, he may not be the fastest, but He'll get you those shot blocks, and that's that's what they need. So he's a great back end guy, in my opinion, for the Leafs. Now, with regards to his contract, like I, I think it's a steal, eight hundred k. Like, are you kidding me? The guys are even getting paid a million. Like, even if it was a million, I'd be fine with it. But eight hundred k, like close to league minimum. That's that's crazy, in my opinion. Like for for all these years I've seen out of him. Like can like his number one defense role in Calgary because he he came over from the crack and like he was playing there for a bit like because he he got banned protected him which which I understand why in Calgary's like defense and all that but like he he, he doesn't really play that number one role anymore but like he he still brings those little things to the table like I mentioned like those shot blocks physicality veteran experience that's what I fully think he brings mm. but. Uh, it's just, it's just amazing to me because all like you look at a defenseman like easily like that can get overpaid in my opinion. Like I said uh, earlier, like a defenseman like that can get overpaid. I'll come, I'll look at the Cody CC incident for example, four point five million dollars I'm making a year if I'm not mistaken in Edmonton. Uh, but that's like that easily could have get thrown away with Gio. Like he easily could have got paid two point five million, three million a year. But the Leafs avoided that. That's amazing. He could have easily get that on the open market. But the Leafs were able to bring him back and avoid that for another two years. Awesome. I love everything what he brings, and it's just a steal of a deal in my opinion. So I I really like looking forward to see what he uh, what he brings moving forward. And uh, and it seems like he wants to play here. Like he said it. Like. He knows like what Toronto brings, and like as he came here at the deadline, he said like he knows what Toronto brings and all that. He wants to be a part of it, so 
yeah, I'm looking forward to see what he brings moving forward, but this is just a steal of a deal, and I really like what they're getting out of Giordano, too, so that's what I think about him. All right, so, you know, I agree with everything you said. I don't think how anybody can look at this contract that knows this sport to a reasonable extent and tell me how this is not an absolute win by Kyle Dubas. This contract is phenomenal, and... You know, the eye test will tell you that, you know, the veteranship that he brought to this lineup, how he elevated Timothy Liljegren's play as well. These guys both really took off. Um, this is a guy that just won the Norris only a few seasons ago. And yes, his age is up there, but this is a guy that's really defied age year in, year out. Um, this season, when he came to the Maple Leafs, he had 12 points in 20 games. That is on pace for what, like 48 points? Uh, in 82 games that's absolutely outstanding this guy has an offensive touch to him one thing i've noticed about mark Giordano is he's not as comfortable as he was in a cut like seasons prior to kind of rush the puck up on his own uh, you know and to create entries with the puck obviously he probably uh you know with age and that stuff as well probably doesn't trust himself to be able to do that anymore but his analytics mitch let me read them to you these are off the charts for eight hundred thousand. Obviously, he took a massive, massive pay cut to uh, join the Maple Leafs. But here, let me just read this to you. So, his projected war this season, uh, this is all credit to Fresh Analytics, uh, was 76%. His offense this season, obviously this is including his time with the Kraken, was 27% even strength. But his defensive work numbers here, look at this. 89% even strength defense. Uh, his power play percentage was only at 18% this season, but his penalty kill percentage, 76%. His goals per 60 at 73%. His assist per 60 at 60%. His position, uh, sorry, his penalty percent was at 62%. His competition at 58%. And uh, teammates were at 57%. So that just goes to show you that he had 62 and 58 uh, when the average was 57. So, you know, he's a second-pair defenseman the way he's played the last two seasons. The analytics don't lie. Um, you know, I'm excited to see what he can do next year being with the Leafs for a full-time role. Obviously, he's going to get older. Uh, age is definitely going to be a factor. But, you know, his denial rate last season was 94%. Um, his retrieval success rate was 87%. These are numbers that are going to do justice uh, even when we get into the tar tougher times um and you know that being the playoffs and you look at entry chance prevention at 70 percent his d zone retrievals at 58 percent uh his possession exit rate at 93 percent like he's got every number to justify him being a top four nhl defenseman and if you want to look at in zone offense uh in zone shots 91 percent in zone assists 87 percent his rush offense rush shots 56 percent uh you know this is a guy that he does have some star qualities to his game still. It's very evident in this game. And this is a guy that I have no doubt that could have got, you know, for a one-year deal, $3 million. Maybe even 4.5 to a team that was, you know, near the bottom that was looking for a captain that can kind of come in for a couple seasons. You know, this guy still has worth if the Seattle Kraken picked him in the expansion draft because they were targeting, you know, valuable assets that would be used in a trade. So they obviously knew that a team would come around looking for Mark Giordano. And, you know, they got a steal here. And, I think you ask any GM in the National Hockey League if they would take Mark Giordano on an $800,000 salary, and I think every single GM is saying yes. And another thing that you mentioned, Mitch, was his, um, you know, almost this being league minimum. And 
I believe the new CBA and all that stuff, the league minimum exactly what the lease would have been. Something like 762000 would have been the lowest they possibly could have paid him. And they paid him for 800000 So that just shows you the massive pay cut Mark Giordano took. He's on a two-year deal as well. I love that. So we don't have to redo this again next summer. Obviously, he got some term to him. He's going to be playing hockey until he's about 40, 41. And, uh, you know, I have no regrets. Um, I have no really fears with this deal. It's harmless. It's 800000 Yes, this is a guy that could fall off uh, being age 40 at any point. But this is a guy that's going to come in. He's going to occupy a third-pairing role. Um, you know, the offense is going to be there. Uh, it's going to be part of his game. He's got some awesome offensive, uh, you know, presence. Uh, his passing, his skill set, all that stuff is, you know, something that fits the modern NHL well, uh, despite having the speed that he might have had in the confidence before. But, you know, now that he has a little grand paired up with him to make up for that foot speed and all that stuff, uh, these two guys look like they're going to be a dynamite pairing next season. And one thing I got to mention as well is, in Game 7, that block by Mark Giordano, I think he took it right off the upper chest. That guy saved a goal. I remember that play very vividly. Being there in attendance, I was like, oh, no. And just him coming up huge with that block, he really saved a goal. Uh, I think it was in the second period, if anybody wants to go back and take a look at the play that I'm talking about. Just took an absolute monster of a block there. And uh, that just shows you that he's committed to winning. And it's about time that we're starting to see more and more Leaf players take team-friendly contracts to win like teams like the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Colorado Avalanche, and the Boston Bruins have been doing for years now. And I think, you know, this just shows you that the Maple Leafs are a different team now. And, you know, having Giordano back is massive, and uh, I'm really excited for next season now. Yes. Sometimes you just got to take a, take a cut to win the chip. So, But, uh, yeah, I uh, one thing I forgot to mention, too, that you uh, touched upon is his leadership. Because, yeah, we saw him as a captain in Calgary, so that's just – well, kind of two captains on their team right now, and I think he leads this decor, and he, uh, like, I he leads it with experience, in my opinion. I know, like, Riley Foley, like, he's he's our main go-to guy, but uh, I view Giordano as a leader with experience, and he elevated his, uh, his D partner's game, and that's what you want. You want to elevate others' games, and that's when you know you really got to bargain for him when he's making other guys around him better. So obviously, yeah, his age will be a factor, but I'm not really worried because it's just two years, and he's uh, he's at that point where he, he he just he just wants to play, he just wants to keep playing, and he just wants to keep like winning, and he, he wants to play in Toronto, he wants to win here, and he, he got his bargain for it. So you, you take you you take a cut to win the chip, which I'm which I'm excited to have him for. So. And again, like I want to touch upon the line rushes you're saying. Like he obviously he's not going to be doing that much moving forward. Like I noticed he did a lot in Calgary too, but uh, he he won't be doing that. Like that those were back to his Norris days. So I can't see him doing much of that moving forward. He is getting older, and any guy can just line him up and crush him if he if he uh, if he wants to take line rushes like that. So he's he's going to be a bit cautious. But I think we'll see definitely more of a defensive side to him. Moving Forward. I don't see his offensive numbers being through the roof based off the uh, analytics you uh, you talked uh, you, you told me about earlier. But yeah, it's just those like those, those shot blocks, like game sevens, like that's what the Leafs need stuff like that, like those shot blocks, little things like that, just to prevent stuff because stopping goals is just as important as scoring goals. And when you're uh, when you're doing stuff like that, making big blocks like that, it's it's going to be crucial. And you're getting that done, and you're getting that for eight hundred k. 
that's just nothing but amazing. So, yeah, I just I expect moving forward, uh, I just I'm gonna see a lot of defensive hockey out of him, and that's what they need. So, defensive hockey and just that leadership in general to elevate players' games and that veteran experience when it matters. So that's what I yeah that's what I think about those two things. So about moving forward. Yeah, but you mentioned like you know you see kind of the offense dropping and. Yeah, I'm not saying this guy. I'm not saying he's gonna get 48 points or you know if he played 82 games with the Leafs this season, his projections and all that stuff. But 12 points in 20 games, and I'm just I'm confident because in the way he got those 12 points in 20 games, this guy wasn't going through teams. He wasn't taking rushes up. It was more on the quick pass and on the breakouts and in the offensive zone, making the easy pass. And um, you know, it's another guy that's not afraid to shoot the puck. So. You know, I'm quite okay with trusting that he will still have some offensive capabilities. When you have an offensive skill set in you, it's very hard to lose that because it's usually born within you. Like, there's guys that are born to never score but be the best shutdown player on that team. There's guys that are born to purely just score and not worry much so much about the back end. But, you know, Mark Giordano is the perfect blend of both. And one thing about him that I love is this guy's a warrior, okay? He wasn't drafted into the OHL in his first two attempts. This is a guy that went the junior A route, played with the North York Rangers, same team that one of our co-hosts, Daniel Galletta, his team that he's playing for right now, you know, went the junior A route, made it to the Owen Sound attack in the OHL eventually, uh, did really well there, uh, worked his way up into the Flames organization. But after a couple seasons with Calgary, uh, you know, management there didn't really think much of him. And, you know, he was kind of frustrated with that. He went overseas to the KHL, uh, he really showed uh, in Europe the potential he has and the skill set he has. He came back to the NHL like a warrior, fighting tooth and nail for everything he got. And you know, this guy, even at his age, winning a Norris at his age was absolutely incredible. And you know, t- for me, I think he's just gotten better as years have gone on. And yes, we're not seeing him score, you know, at a rapid pace like we were when he won the Norris, but that was only a couple seasons ago. And this is a guy that. He looks like he's getting better defensively and he's really adjusting to his age. And that's what is so important to me is the way he's able to adjust to his age. Jake Muzzin, in my opinion, is having a really tough time with this process. I think Mark Giordano coming in is a really calming presence to kind of walk Jake Muzzin through this transformation because with Muzzin, we're seeing a lot of high octane hockey and that's when he gets himself in troubles when he's hard on the forecheck and, you know, he's exploring the offensive zone and he just gets lost, and he might not have the foot speed to come back and make up for it where he did years prior. We've seen him, you know, not be as strong on his skates as, uh, you know, when he first came over to Toronto. But, you know, having a guy like Giordano there behind him to kind of, you know, coach him through it almost. Like, and that's what I feel like Giordano's going to be now, kind of that player coach with the young core. We're going to have Rasmus Sandin here. We're going to have Timothy Lilligren. This contract allows for Mark Giordano to get a lot of rest on nights like a back-to-back that Giordano can't play anymore. Uh, you know, they can easily slot in a guy like Lilligren, Sandine, whoever's going to be the odd man out because now the numbers game is going to be very important. And that's going to be a topic I'm going to bring up in the next segment here uh, before we wrap up this episode. But, you know, Mark Giordano, he's, you know, really transitioned to his age well, and I'm really hoping he can show guys like Jake Muzzin uh, how to do it because if Jake Muzzin can just simplify his game like he did in the postseason and, you know, he just relies on his physicality and, just puts pucks on net instead of trying to do some crazy things in the offensive zone. I think Jake Muzzin can still be a valuable piece to this team. 
uh, because, you know, for most of this regular season, he really hurt the Leafs, and that certain stretches, it was really tough to watch him play. But uh, in the playoffs, I don't have much negative comments because he was one of the more important pieces to the back end. Obviously, he knows what it takes to win as well, so I think that's important. But with that, uh, let's talk about, um, you know, the numbers game. That's something I want to bring up here. You know, I was looking all over Twitter and social media about this, you know, signing, and obviously there was lots of praise for Kyle Dubas and how he pulled this off, but there was a lot of talk about the numbers game now in Toronto. And, you know, Jake Muzzin, Rasmussen, Dean on the left-hand side, Morgan Riley's obviously not going to move. Um, so I want to get your opinion now. What do you think this means for the Leafs? And can you see them rocking with five left-handed defensemen in their lineup? Because we haven't really seen a lot of teams do that. And, you know, that can make a lot of people nervous. I'm not the biggest fan of it. But uh, what do you think about the Leafs potentially rowing a lineup with five of six defensemen being left-handed and playing on their offsides? I think there's a lot of risk to it. I mean, it's something you can't, like, can't control which way a player shoots, but, like, I think there's a bit of risk to it. Definitely being off that off wing is tough. Like, as a, as a player, myself growing up, like, I, uh, it's tough, it's tough defensively, like, as, like, being a hockey player growing up, and you just see it, like, it's just, I don't know, you're on your off wing. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense. It, it may be beneficial in the offensive zone a little bit, but defensively, it's just a killer in my opinion. So it goes two ways in my opinion. Like benefit in the offensive zone be a bad way in a defensive zone. But I mean, it is what it is for them. Like it's I I'd like to see how it plays out. I don't think it's a good idea. But if it's like if they feel like it's gonna work, then they can do it. Like I wouldn't like specifically go on the market right now just to look for a right-handed defenseman. I know their last one was Tyson Berry, but, like, did we all really think he panned out that well, really? And look at him now in Edmonton. Like, I totally forgot about him. To be, like, I just forgot about him. Like, the it's one, crazy. The one problem I have, though, is, you know, Labushkin still isn't available. Like, he's not on term with the Leafs. Um, you know, he's we don't know what his future holds. Um, no. But if you look at this Leafs core on the defensive side of things, it's clear their best defensemen are left-handed, without a doubt. And TJ Brody, great on the defensive end. Um, but, you know, his price tag's higher. Definitely a guy that's familiar playing with Giordano. But do you think that we get to the point where they have to move Rasmus Sandin? Because this is a take that I've seen a lot on social media. And I will be very upset because I will be upset alone if we're just letting Rasmus Sandin sit in the press box at Scotiabank Arena because of the the talent this guy has and the future he has, uh, you know, he could be groomed into a real top four defenseman here from straight from the draft. And that's a, you know, a reason that's a useful source. And, um, you know, you don't have to go out and find a guy. You, you can grow your own and groom him into the player that you need. And, you know, I, t I take some value into that. I think there's some sentimental value in that as well. I think that looks good on the organization. I think this is a guy that Rasmus Sandin in two years from now will be having conversations of, if he should take the number one workhorse role from Morgan Riley, maybe three years, two years might be too soon, but I think I'm that high on Rasmus Sandin and the analytics back that up as well. You can go all day talking about Rasmus Sandin's numbers there. One of the best in the NHL in terms of analytics. So, you know, Rasmus Sandin, I think is on the cusp of greatness um, in this league. And I'll be really bummed if they trade him, but that looks like the likely option because you know, Jake Muzzin's contract is an albatross, and you're trying to move Mrazic's already, and Mrazic's contract's really bad. So, 
I don't know if you're gonna be able to move either one. Obviously, you're gonna have to use your sweeteners, unfortunately. Uh, but it looks like you know Rasmus Sandin's spot on the Leafs right now is definitely gonna be in contention, and you know Giordano's contract might you know be able to put him in the press box for some rest more frequent than not. But still, I don't want to see Rasmus Sandin in the press box with the way he played this season, and then also having Jake Muzzin and his contract tied to the top as well. Uh, you know, sitting into the press box with that as well. So, you know, it's definitely something that I'm just kind of thinking about right now as we're speaking. But uh, is that a problem that you agree with? Do you think they can move on from Rasmus Sandin? Because I'll be completely crushed if they do. I don't think they should. I, uh, I, the kid's got potential. And I know, like, you're, you're mentioning, like, yeah, he, he can take over Riley's role eventually. Yeah, eventually. Not right now. Because Riley just got that big deal. And we all know that he's their number one guy. So... I mean, the kid's got potential, and I wouldn't move him. And you just see it in them. Like, so I don't know like what you're really going to get from him. But, uh, yeah, you can definitely get a good top six guy with turn, like you said. But it's I just I just see too much potential in him, and it's just not needed to move a prospect like that when, with uh, the numbers he's throwing up, too. So I'd hold on to him for sure. And with Hall likely being gone at the end of the, by the summer, too, it gives him a spot to compete for. So... They, uh, they, they, he's gonna be get better and better as time goes on. He's young. He's got. He's capable of proving himself. We saw him a bit in the playoffs last year. We've seen him game in, game out at times in the regular season. So uh, I'm excited to see what he's got moving forward, and I definitely think they should hold on to him. But if 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 he's being considered traded, that's a really stupid move, and you're gonna lose out on a ton of potential if he if he's not wearing a Maple Leaf uniform soon. So. Yeah, we'll see what happens with them, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. All right. I agree with you, Mitch. Uh, that leaves us to the end of this pod, talking about Mark Giordano and his signing. It has been a very eventful day here at Battleborn Leafs, and we will be back tomorrow to talk about goaltending for this Maple Leafs team. Mitch, I want to thank you for joining me today. It's always a pleasure to have you on. I want to thank everybody for listening to today's episode, and I can't wait for more. This offseason is going to be packed with podcasts from myself, and my co-hosts like Mitchell, Bryson, Gaeta as well. So stay tuned. We have lots of content coming out for you guys. We love you guys. Mitch, any last words? Uh, go Leafs go. Let's see what happens this offseason. And I'm looking forward to next year and seeing what uh, what Gio can do. It's the main topic right now. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with him. And hopefully we don't see any uh, – we don't hear any more Sandine rumors. But other than that, yeah, looking forward to uh, see what happens this offseason with everything. And – next season for sure but go Leafs go all right thank you Mitch for joining me again thank you guys all for listening that's all from us go Leafs go and we'll be back this week with goaltending controversy topics Howdy, how, howdy, how, howdy, how. <laughs>